Jefferson 19. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. We were in youth convention yesterday, and something that Brother Landon Gore said has, um, uh, I guess, bothered me. It struck me a little bit different. Tabitha mentioned it to me as well. He said, we don't have to worry about the church being overtaken by hell. The gates of hell shall never prevail against the church. And we don't have to worry about hell overtaking us. But you know what's going to kill a revival? And that he said that that is discord. Not having unity. Hell's not going to take over the church. But us all not being in the same mind, same, same spirit, that's going to kill a revival. And I pray that this morning that we would, whatever we got going on, if there's somebody we need to go talk to, there's somebody that we need to squash something with that we would go and make that known because this church is going to, into revival. You can feel it last Sunday, and I'm hoping we're going to feel it again. We feel it already, uh, but we're about to go into a new revival. We've been oppressed. We've been, this last year has, has messed with us, but let me tell you, when the church has persecution, that's whenever it comes out stronger. Amen. Amen. Starting in verse 19 of Ephesians chapter 1, it says, And what is this exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all and I'd like for you to turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter 14 and I'm just going to read one verse of scripture if you're familiar with the Bible you know what Exodus chapter 14 is and that's when Moses was leading the children of Israel to the Red Sea and they were there and they were stuck. They didn't know what was about to happen. And that's when the power of God stepped in. Verse 21 of Exodus chapter 14 says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind, and all, a wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. This morning I want to preach on the power of God and that the evidence is here. The evidence is here right now. You can feel it. And we're about to have a mighty move of God in this house. Amen. Would you lift up your hands and pray? Lord, we love you, Jesus. We're thankful that you have let us come into church once again to experience your power, Lord. And we're believing by the time that we walk out that, God, you are going to change us, Lord. That it's going to be evident that you have came in this place and you have changed lives. You've healed bodies. You've filled people with the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, we pray that your spirit would just permeate in this house tonight or this morning. Lord, we pray that you would move in here, Lord, in a mighty way, Jesus. And, Lord, just let us know that you have have been here Jesus we give you the honor and we give you the praise this morning you may be seated if you're going to help me preach all right nobody's standing up so you're going to help me preach this morning no authority or power both in human form or in the spiritual world is greater than that of our Lord Jesus Christ the exalted son of God he is far above all and no future enemy can overcome him 
Because he has been exalted above all powers. In a chaotic world, it is important to stay close to our Lord Jesus Christ. He's still in control this morning. He holds all power. He holds all authority. And I'm preaching on the power of God this morning. And that the evidence is here in this room this morning. It is evident that I stand before a group of people today that believe in the true power of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's evident to me that God's power still works. It's evident that as I preach this morning, things are happening because of the power of God. Even whenever I don't feel it, he's still working. Even whenever I don't see it, he's still working here today. He is our promise keeper. He is our way maker. And that is the God we serve. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Come on, let's give the Lord some glory this morning. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It is evident that God's power cannot be bottled up. It can't be contained. It can't be hidden in a pocket. It is all powerful. It is life changing and something happens when God's power begins to break loose in a church. Amen. Amen. We're Pentecostal. We believe in raising our hands, clapping our hands and running the aisles. And it's evident that we have that here this morning. We got the emotion under control, but do we really believe what we say that God can do? Do we really believe that God has all power. When we sing, my God can do anything. Do we truly believe that my God can do anything? Oh, Jesus, moving here this morning. Amen. When we were at youth convention yesterday, when we were in the altar, our youth group began to come up and they began to lift up their hands and they began to speak in tongues. And we were laying our hands on every person up there. We had a bottle of oil. I'm sure that we were the only people in there with oil, but we were laying our hands on our young people. And, uh, I didn't tell her that I was going to say this, but Micah, she came up to the altar Saturday morning, and I just got in her ear, and I said, Micah, if you want the Holy Ghost right now, you can have it. And she got so close, the power of God was on you yesterday. She had stammering lips, and that was the power of God, and you can have it this morning if you want it. Everybody else in the room, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can get it this morning. Amen. That's the power of God that we feel here right now. The power of God is working on your behalf. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Do you remember the first time that you were praying and the Lord began to work on you? The first time that the Holy Ghost began to come on you, you didn't know what was going on. You were like, Lord, what are you doing to me? And the Lord began to work on you. The Lord began to change your life. That's the power. That's the evidence that I'm preaching on this morning, that the power of God was in you. I know I've been in this church for a little bit, and I know some of your past. I know where you've come from, and you were, you were bad people. But the Lord moved in on you when he filled you with the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians. 6 and 11 says this morning, and such were some of you, but ye are washed. You are sanctified and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's who you were before, but the Lord washed you. The Lord sanctified you and the Lord redeemed you this morning. Amen. 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 But not to just pick on the people that didn't grow up in church all their life. The people that, that the Lord filled with the Holy Ghost and you've been doing it all your life. You haven't lived all your life right. Can anybody be honest? I can be honest this morning and say I haven't always been on a spiritual high. I haven't always, but I grew up in this thing. That's the power of God that you're still here this morning. 
That's the power of God that he's put his hand of protection on you. He's protected you through every circumstance that you've been in, every problem you encountered. The Lord brought you through through his power, through his life-changing power this morning. Amen. That's the power that I'm preaching on this morning. Acts 1 and 8, Dad preached about it last Sunday night. As Whenever you receive the Holy Ghost, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You have that same power that the Lord Jesus Christ has, and it's living inside of you this morning. Amen. He's been our protector. He's been a hedge of protection when we didn't know what we were doing. He's brought us out of the world. He's filled us with the Holy Ghost, and he's moving. And it's evident by seeing some of us what we used to be. It's evident by seeing that we've grown up in church all our life, and we're still here this morning. What is holding you back from believing that God has all power? What's holding you back this morning from believing that God can do anything? What would happen to our church if we committed ourselves to truly believing that God's power could work in our lives? It could change every situation that we're going through. What would we act like? What would we be like if we knew that God would truly come through for us? Evidence is the available body of facts of information indicating whether a belief is true or valid. That's the evidence. The evidence is right here this morning, but I don't want to just talk about the present. I want you to look in your Bible in Exodus chapter uh, 1, and they can put that up on the board if you don't want to turn there. But Exodus chapter 1, the Bible says, And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied, waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. How did they get to a Red Sea when you stop right there? But verse 8 says, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Parents, can I let you know, it's important for you to tell your kids how to worship. It's important for you to tell them the plan of salvation. I'm the youth pastor. I can do it till I'm blue in the face, but until they see their parent dancing on a Sunday morning and worshiping in the Lord, they're not going to get it from me. When they see it on Monday, seeing a, seeing a parent fast for their children, fast for their family, reading their Bible on Tuesday, staying on their knees on Wednesday, that's what's going to change them, and that's what's going to help pass this on to our next generation. And so we see that the children of Israel, that they're getting up to this Red Sea, and, and, and Pharaoh, he, that the Lord sent Moses to, to Pharaoh, and he said, Lord, uh, you got to let my people go. Hold on, i got to find my one sheet of paper. Lord. He said, you got to let my people go. The Lord sent him as a deliverer to come to these people and to, to bring them out. And, and Pharaoh would go, or uh, Moses would go up to Pharaoh and he'd say, you got to let my people go. And the Lord would continue to harden Pharaoh's heart. And so he'd go back and forth until you see that Pharaoh was just sick of it because the Lord sent plagues and it took his son. And so you see that, that that's how we get to the situation that we're at. And sometimes for us to see God's power truly work in our lives, we got to go through something. You believe that? You got to go through something to see God's power. And so first you see in, in our text here that Exodus 14, 1 through 9, that you see a pursuit. You see a pursuit from the enemy. Pharaoh was threatened by the size of their uh, by the, the size of the children of Israel. And so he's put them in bondage. He said, I'm gonna fix that. And he did, and it worked. And, and 
Egypt grew. The children of Israel, they pushed down because they were doing all kind of stuff to, uh, to the uh, Israelites. And you see that Pharaoh was threatened by it. And then once they left, he was even more threatened. He was like, oh, well, what are we going to do with our, are we going to make the Egyptians come and are we going to make them build everything? And so they begin to pursue after the, the children of Israel. Have you ever wondered why people backslide and you weren't one of them? Have you ever wondered that maybe whenever, whenever the pursuit came on them, they didn't have the word of God hidden in their heart? And whenever they were, they were scared, the first thing, and first, first thing that comes in their mind is to run and you throw down your Bible and you take off running because you're scared. Have you ever thought about that? That the pursuit is real. The pursuit is after you this morning, whether it's a diagnosis, whether it's a situation in your family, the pursuit is real and it's coming after you this morning. But that's when we pick up ourselves a little stronger in our walk with God. My prayer life's got to be a little increased whenever I see the Egyptians coming behind me. My, my, my fasting's got to be a little bit more whenever I see that the Egyptians behind me. And so what's the pursuit? It's old trials. It's old battles. It's old storms that we've been through that we can't get past because we're too scared. We're not holding our Bibles. We're not, we're not increasing our walk with God. And then you see in Exodus 14, 10 through 12, you see panic start to set in. Has anybody ever been chased by a dog before? You don't know what pursuit and panic is until you've been chased by a dog before. You're looking back. It creates more panic. It creates more problems. It's real the depression is real. The suicidal thoughts are real. Whatever's going on, the, the diagnosis is real, and it's still panic. There's still there's things. Let me tell you about the song we just sang. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Even though you got that panic, our God can do anything, and it's evident that he can do anything. Matthew 26 and 41 says, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. That panic is real. Your flesh is weak. Your spirit wants to do it, but your flesh is weak. That's why you need to pray for your pastors and pray for your youth pastor, please. We need your prayers. Tabitha was telling me the other or yesterday, actually, that sometimes the pursuit and the panic is so strong that you just want to give it up. You don't want to do it anymore. Can you imagine the, the, the weight that you got of just your family, but caring for every young person in your church or your pastors over here that are caring for every single one? The pursuit of the devil that is coming after every single one is on the weight of his shoulders. It's on the weight of our bishop's shoulders. And there's panic, but the Lord has given us something for that. If you see in Job, Job was an incredible man. The devil said, hey, you can't, I'm going to mess with Job, and there's nothing that you can, or if I were, I were to mess with Job, he wouldn't make it. He wouldn't be all that he was supposed to be. And the Lord said, okay, you can have him. I got trust in Job. And so it seems like uh, every situation in Job chapter 1, there was a messenger for this. Hey, your family just died. Hey, your cattle's gone. Hey, your house is gone. Hey, you have bulls now. And there was a messenger coming Time after time, you look in Job chapter 2 and verse 9, and Job's wife, I don't think that she had bad intentions whenever she was saying it. She had panic. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Just curse God and die. 
The panic was so strong, she said, why don't we just get out of the situation? It'll be better if we don't have a pursuit of something. There's not going to be another messenger come up to us today. We don't have to worry about it because we'll be gone. And Job, he, he said in the next verse, you speak like a foolish woman. Get out of here. The hypocrite. Job chapter 3, he sounded like he was cursing God. Verse 2, and Job spake and said, verse 3, let the day perish when, wherein I was born. Verse 4, let that day be darkness. Verse 5, let the darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let no joyful voice come therein. Verse 9, let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark. Verse 10, but it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb. Verse 11, why did I not die from the womb? He sounds real strong telling his wife she's a foolish woman in the next chapter. He's just as depressed. He's just as panicked as the next person. But then you get to the Red Sea, right? You don't, you've got the people coming behind you. You've got the Red Sea in front of you. You've got people all around you and the children of Israel, and you're scared to death. The, the pursuit is still coming. The panic is still coming. But if it wasn't that way, if it wasn't anything short of miraculous, you know who would take credit for it? We would. Right? Well, I took my vitamins and drank my water, so that's why COVID-19 didn't hit me bad. No, I had people praying for me and fasting for me. That's why the Lord put his protection. I don't know why he didn't do it for others, but I thank God that he did it for me. Amen. Amen. I bought a car. It's got all kind of safety features, airbags on airbags. But whenever you get into the wreck, it's not that that's protecting you. It's that, Jesus, I need your help right before. And the, and the Lord pushes it right before. Amen. Amen. I know I haven't preached long this morning. But if the musicians would begin to come up, if y'all could put up Ephesians chapter 1. You got the Red Sea. You got the miraculous happening. The power of God is evident. I gave you the future tense of where the Lord brought you out of a situation. The Lord changed your life, and it's evident. I showed you a uh, an Old Testament, the Red Sea. It was evident that God worked. He moved the waters, but not only did he move the waters, he killed the thing that was pursuing his people. But then you look in Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 19 starts with a question. And what is this exceeding great greatness of his power to usward who believe? You realize that Paul had a pretty traumatic experience. Paul was Saul. Saul was a terrible guy. He was on his way. You can stand this morning. Saul was on his way to Damascus to go kill some Christians. He was ready to wipe out every single person that came in his path. The Lord looks at him. He shows them the miraculous. He blinds him. He shows him a light. And the Lord talked to him out of the sky. If, if something happened to you like that, you would tell everybody about it. Be like, hey, the Lord just talked to me, and I'm about to live right. I'm about to fix what's going on. 
Do you realize that as dramatic as that was and, and that Ananias, he, had, he went to Ananias, the Lord talked to him and he said, hey, I want to use you for my kingdom. And Ananias was like, yeah, I'll, you, I'll be used. I'll do anything you want me to do. And he said, okay, I'm going to send Saul over to your house. He said, never mind. I don't want none of that. Saul's a bad man. He's going to come and kill me. But the Lord used Ananias in his power through Ananias to help him change his name. He, he uh, opened up his blind eyes. And you realize in our text that as dramatic as that was, if that were to happen, we would tell everybody, right? I just said that. But verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the mighty working of his power? Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He didn't even mention the conversion that he had because in the New Testament, the greatness of God's power was shown in the resurrection. Amen. He was beaten. He was killed. He was put on a cross for our sins. He was put in a grave, and everybody thought they had won. But let me tell you about the power of Jesus. In three days, he began to rise, and it came up, and the Lord is moving in this house. In the Old Testament, it was the Red Sea. In the future tense, it's you and how God changed you. But in the New Testament, it's about the power of the resurrection. Do you believe that my God can do anything? Do you believe that the evidence is here this morning? If you need the Holy Ghost, that power can come in you right now. If you need healing, the Lord can move on you right now. The evidence is here. Amen. Why don't we lift up our hands this morning?